The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier, and I am your host, and we've got an amazing episode in store for you. Here in studio, we have two incredible guests. Their YouTube videos have been seen more than 100 million times, and yet it's quite possible you'll be hearing their real voices for the first time. And in my Latter-day Life, I'll tell you a little bit about an amazing new friend that I made earlier this week. And on to the interview section this week, uh, we've got a pair of brothers here with us. We've got uh, Brett Roberts and John Roberts from Board Shorts TV. They are YouTube stars. That is the millions of people cheering for them. When I say millions, by the way, I actually went through YouTube and I sorted them by number of views. And just from the top, I started counting. I stopped at 75 million views. Do you know how many you have total? Is there? Um, I, th- I don't know. It's probably close to two hundred million. I think it's about a couple hundred million. Yeah, a lot of people know us as Kid History or Kid yeah. Snippets. Yeah, I mean, I stopped because my my brain can't do the sub million. The millions were easy to count. Well, math is hard. Math is very hard. So we've we're really happy to have John and Brett, guys. Thanks for for coming on today. Um, so again, these, these are the guys, uh, funny enough, you've probably seen them many, many times, but you may have never heard their voice you are actually hearing their voices. Have <laughs> you guys thought about that before? That's funny about doing yeah. a podcast, right? Like it's actually are, your like, voice. Who are these guys? I think people expected to hear you guys sound like a six year old. So you should have like a third camera here where we, we put like some children mouthing our voices and then you know, people would really get the concept. Yes. If we had children here being you guys, then that would be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of the reverse. It'd be awesome. Right. Perfect. So uh, before we get into what is kid history, which uh, if you don't know, well, certainly your kids know, um, and and you probably have, have seen it. I know in my house, uh, there are about 10 quotes from kid history that get quoted all the time (laughs) we get uh, we get to hear them quite a bit our kids are huge fans uh so before we get into that why don't we go back a little bit and tell us a little bit about yourselves like where did you guys grow up so we the the guys all of us in kid history are brothers except richard who was randy's roommate in college when we started doing the kid history so he was acting so he joined us but dave Brett, Randy, myself, all brothers grew up together in Irvine, California. That's where most of the stories from Kid History happened were in Irvine. Down in Orange County. Orange County. Yes. The OC. But yeah, um, we we liked to make videos when we were growing up and stuff. And uh, we made lots of them and only we liked them. We would like force our parents to watch them and stuff. And I think partially the, that was because they were all really bad. Mostly, but we thought they were good. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day, you were recording with what full size VHS yeah. or with eight oh, millimeter, yeah. using two VCRs to edit to, them. to mix it up. Yeah. That's some quality editing comes out of two Hooking VCRs. Hooking up the stereo to get some music in there. What's the first video you guys made? The first full on video that you remember? Oh man, 
well, it's hard to say which is the first because. Or what's you know, the big one? When you look back, what's the one that you're really proud of? So from back in the day, <laughs> that's a, that we're proud of. Or is there one? <laughs> so we did we did a video that we uh, remember that was called Indiana John, which I'm John Indiana John and the Temple of Poop. Indiana John. Oh, this was a this was a high class organization. Remember, this is when we were children. I yes. was probably nine or ten. Yeah. Brett would always film, and he would make us do things. That's so. Brett was the director early on. John, you were talent. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I was the one with the huge VHS camera on my shoulder. You were just you were the only one strong enough to hold it because <laughs> right. it weighed about two hundred <laughs> right. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Those. And you VHS pulled that VHS tape right out of the camera and just plugged it in, and that it was, was playable. Cool, yeah. Yeah, it was plug and play. Yeah, it's like, oh, that take was bad. Rewind, film over that one. How how many how many brothers are you total? There's six boys and two girls in our family, so it's a big family. Yeah, eight kids. So, growing up, did your parents encourage the video stuff? Was it to get them to get you guys out of their hair? I think we did video stuff because we were trying to keep the Sabbath day holy. Honestly. And so we were busy doing sports and stuff all the rest of the week. But on Sundays, we were like stuck in the house. And so us brothers are like, okay, we can't hang out with our friends. What are we going to do? Let's break out the video camera. And so that was like our holy Sabbath activity. Yeah, but there's a <laughs> good age difference between all of us. There's three years between each kid. So during the week, we weren't hanging out with each other. We were hanging out with our friends. So on Sunday, when we got together and made these videos, that's really the the most we would hang out during the week. That's really neat that the Sabbath and honoring the Sabbath <laughs> led into all of this. That's right. great. So you guys were all in California. Did did your sisters get involved at all? By, you mean early on? When yeah. We were, yeah. Well, were you, did you drag them into it? By that point, it's like we, the first four kids were older than us by quite a bit. They had four kids and then waited eight years. And then had us younger four. So by the time we were making videos, they were all out of the house. So it was just us four younger. You almost had two family groups, which is how my kids are. Yeah, right. you know, we have we have older kids and younger kids that never really spent a lot of time together growing up. So what brought you guys out to Utah? Because now you live in Utah. Well, I uh, I personally came out to go to BYU and kind of ended up just staying around. But we also had. Uh, older siblings that were like my brother Mark was had been living in Utah for years um, before any of us moved out and um, eventually we just all kind of ended up here but it was kind of on a one-by-one -one basis and now uh, fun fact you are neighbors the two of you are neighbors along with your brother Randy yeah it's crazy coincidence because I just I moved into this house and found out <laughs> afterwards that my brother lived right next door. It was crazy. That's amazing. Did you move in first, John? So Brett actually moved in. Well, we decided to build next to each other. Brett built first. So he was in a few months before I was. And then we were in. And, and then you put a lot of pressure on the other neighbor saying, you need to get out of our neighborhood so our brother can move in. Yeah, we found that the louder you are and the more toys and dirt you put on the street just for their house, like just made it unlivable neighbors don't for seem them. to like that. No, but then it if was If you're great. a bad enough neighbor, I mean, you can get anybody to move. And that's so then, when you bring in the other brother. And yeah, then so the then other Randy brother moved comes in. Next door, yeah. Are there plans to take over the rest of the neighborhood? Mm, well, no. We actually had a house come up uh, for sale next to, to me. And oh, that's right. we didn't actually have a family member move in, which was 
just to kind of prove that that wasn't why we were getting everybody to move. I mean, it, yeah, you know, there's got to be a law against too many, <laughs> too many brothers in a row. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's jump back to the beginning of Kid History. How did Kid History start? How did it begin? Where do we go? Well, from Randy now? was going to NYU Dental School, um, and he, uh, during his spare time, wanted to enter a video into a film festival uh, because he just wanted to, during the time where he wasn't studying, he wanted to do something fun. So he contacted us and we had been making some, we had bought some film equipment and had been putting together some higher quality videos, just kind of learning how to do it as a hobby. And he had a, a roommate at the time that was an actor. And he, so he came up with the idea, the concept for, kid history and kind of pitched it to all of us and we thought that sounded fun so when he was in town fun as in just as dumb as all the other videos we've ever made right i mean we were going to make this for ourselves honestly sure so he came into town and we decided to put this video together and it, it really didn't hit us that it could actually be funny to other people until i basically stayed up all night working on the edit of this video because he was leaving the next day to to go back to New York and my wife came down in the morning morning after a night's sleep and I showed her this video. I said, Hey, check this out. I had to pause it in the middle because she was doubled down over not watching anymore, trying to contain her laughter. And I thought, wow, maybe other people besides ourselves for the first time will actually like a video that we make. (laughs) And the wives are actually the harshest critics. So if they like it, then it must actually be funny. Well, why don't you walk us through what the concept is behind Kid History for those who haven't seen it? So we have just stories from our childhood, you know, that we'll tell that are funny stories. And, you know, we thought, you know, we also have kids who tell stories in a funny way. And they know some of these stories. So we thought, we're just going to film them telling these stories. And it evolved a little bit, you know, as we filmed them, because we thought we were just going to film one kid. And, you know, it's you get different personalities when you film multiple kids. Like in that first episode, you have Brett's son, who's really monotone and kind of low key, which is funny, but maybe not to tell the whole story. And then you have my daughter in there, who's really crazy imagination and screaming and emotional. And it's also really good, but maybe not to tell the whole story because it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And so we filmed them all and put it together, telling this story about me and Randy um, going home from school one day and some guy chases us home and tries to beat us up, which was always just a funny family story. That was the first episode. The first episode. So they tell the story. And- violence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telling a funny twist on violence. But, um, but yeah, put it together with all the different personalities and then, you know, filmed ourselves, you know, lip syncing the way that they're telling the story and acting it out just how they told it, which is mostly accurate with a little bit of craziness. You know, they, their understanding of the story is a little bit different than reality. And, and the kids aren't even in the video. Right. All you hear is their voices and then adults, you guys, acting out everything that the kids say. Right. So we took the best parts of each kid, put them together into one edit, and then we went out and filmed ourselves lip syncing to the kids' voices while we acted this out. It is. It sounds so remarkably ridiculous to explain it <laughs> but i love it i love it because it's so unique it's so different and then when you see it 
it's hilarious. I mean, our family has sat and watched so, so many of them. So this was, uh, what year did you start doing this? Oh, man. Roughly. It's like six years ago or something. Yeah-ish. Where, where, where was YouTube when you this started was, this? This was before they really started mon- they didn't really monetize stuff much uh, at this point. It was we were just doing this for fun. The only reason it even ended up on YouTube is because we kind of wanted to put it up there for our friends and stuff to see before it went to this film festival, and it it went viral so quickly that by the time the film festival actually started, all the judges had already seen this video, <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up getting like eighty percent of the vote that in is the amazing. film festival. Yeah, I remember it was like it was only like two weeks after we put it up. I went somewhere and somebody came up. He's like, "Hey, you're in that video." I'm like, "What video? The the kids video?" I'm like, "What? You've seen that? There's <laughs> a random person coming up." That's great. That's got to be exciting. And we were only going to make one. I mean, if you look at the first video we made, it's called Kid History. It's not, not called one. Kid History Episode One. It's like it was a one and done. And that was really it. And that, that was what started it. And then it, it took off from there. Yeah. It turns in, turned into hundreds of videos. Yeah. How do you know how many videos you've done of kid history and kid snippets? Kid history hundred. has 11 episodes that snippets have, I don't know, 150 maybe. Yeah. And then we have a few other series we did like girl talk where we dress up like teenage girls and lip sync to teenage girls talking uh, there's another snippet. one, Senior Snippets, where we I have, have seen senior, snippets. senior citizens talking and we have little kids. It's actually, those are very endearing. Those are, you, uh, those are actually really sweet. They're right? very they're, sweet. They're pretty adorable. Because you have these little kids, like, you know, talking about how they've loved each other forever and everything. It's great. That's cute. So you kind of got something for everyone in the family. And originally it was your own children, your nieces, nephews, but certainly with 150 videos, you run out of kids. I mean, even with eight kids in the family, you eventually run out of children to use unless you're going to use them again and again. Where, where else have you found kids to be voice talent? The cheapest ones are, no, I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> um, what's, what's funny is after you've used the same kids a few times, they kind of become broken because they see them yeah. and then they realize what's going on and then they start trying to be funny and instead play to the of just camera. being instead of just being themselves you know and they uh, use funny voices and they right. try yeah. and so they yeah they want they want me to be funny it's like no you're broken now and the humor is do you, do you tell the kids they're broken <laughs> say, sorry you're broken now get out of here you're fired. fired sorry we're done with you um you'll have no more career but we've even done open auditions we'll just post on our facebook page and say hey we're looking for kids to film and just sign up and you probably get a huge response on that, I would guess. We do. And those are those are actually rough days, you know, because sometimes the kids know what it is and they come in nervous and it's really hard for them to be natural. And we don't want to say, you're not doing a good job. You know, we'll just say, hey, great, good job. You know, give them a piece of candy and send them on their way. But uh, how, how long did it take? So you started making all these videos, started getting this huge following how long did it take before earlier you said they weren't monetizing at the time? When was it you realized, hey, this could be somewhat of a career or at least, you know, it could be lucrative for us? When when was that? Well, never really. I mean, we always we always we we weren't teenagers who were trying to make a career like a lot of YouTubers today are. Right. We're, we were we had children, we were coaching basketball games. 
we had careers. And so this was always just uh, something that we would do in our spare time for fun. Uh, we we did end up getting to the point where uh, there, the demand for these videos was high enough to where we felt like we couldn't deliver ourselves. So we actually hired somebody full-time to put together these videos for us and film us so that we could just show up, be in a video, and he could do all of that work. So it funded... It was a good little a full-time business. Full-time employee, became, 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 but guys. it became a business, right? I mean, yeah, we rented a studio a, and had people do a it. business. Yeah, yeah, and we would do it. It led to because we used to get together and show these videos to our family, so we could get an idea of what was funny and what was what what wasn't funny before we would release these videos. And so that led to us inviting the general public to come watch videos before we release them, and then that blew out of control when we realized that thousands of people wanted to come watch these videos with us before we released them online. When we did episode six, we rented the, uh, an auditorium that had that seat about 3000 people and sold that place out to, you know, just to watch the video before the day before we put it on YouTube. I mean, that's amazing. That's like so many YouTubers dreams is to have that kind of loyal fan base. What's the split of fans between Utah and other states? Is it when you when you travel, do you find that it's pretty well spread or is it is it pretty heavy here in Utah? I know in Utah you're celebrities. I mean wherever you guys go. That's cuz wherever you go you make me carry your bags behind <laughs> you. So I see it first. We do that to everybody, not yeah, just you. But that's kind of you. But um, the, the kid histories we found for some reason are very Mormon. Like there's nothing to us that's Mormon about them. Other than it's just clean comedy. Right. Right. There are no Mormon themes in any of the kid histories. They're all stories that could be applicable, but you have a big Mormon following of it. Right. And so Mormons just entertain or they love clean comedy. Right. So wherever we go to church, if we go to an LDS church in Hawaii or Florida, wherever on vacation, people know us as the kid history guys. The kid snippets somehow are not Mormon. They they actually have a bigger following outside of Mormondom. You know, and I don't That's we don't know why that is. Yeah. We just That's thought, surprising. oh, we'll make shorter kid history type. It's not videos. like they're more secular or yeah. something. Yeah. But for some reason, yeah, it's it's outside of the more multi Judeo Christian humor. And for those <laughs> don't, for those who are, who aren't familiar with the difference, kid history is kind of our long form eight to ten minute long stories that are true stories from our childhood and the kid snippets are just like two minute long shorts that are just two people and it's just like a ridiculous scenario where there's ghosts and and you just give the kids the scenarios and let them go right some of the things the kids come up with you know i hate i was about to say kids say the darndest things the old uh, (laughs) cliche but it is amazing some of the things that the kids come up with you think wow and then to see you guys actually still acting it out with how ridiculous it is. Yeah, we have the best awesome. writers in the business. Right? Yeah, with these kids. Our writing team, yeah. 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 It's well, great. When you tell the kids to go, you, you guys pretend like you're a salesman, door-to-door salesman, and you're answering the door, okay? Go. And then they start talking about selling birds, about how the guy next door is a <laughs> bank robber. Like, none of this stuff could any adult come up with. Oh, leave it to the kids. And I think early on, I know 
So I've got seven children and they're all getting older now. My youngest is 14, almost 14. Um, but uh, I know that back in the days, five, six, seven years ago, there was not a ton of content that we could trust. Right. And when we came on to Kid History, Kid Snippets, like not only were our kids like just rolling on the floor laughing and constantly quoting them and can we watch it again and again, it was something totally safe. A lot of a lot of what we watch, we're kind of watching out of the corner of our eyes or we're re- reading reviews beforehand. So you guys were generating a lot of content that our kids could just watch over and over again. And that's one of our standards, right? It's like kids will say things sometimes that's, you know, might be a little bit inappropriate or whatever. And so we're like, would we feel comfortable watching this with our wife and our kids and our mom, you know? And so that's kind of the standard. If if we'd be okay watching it with our kids and our mom and our wife, then then it, it's going to work. Yeah, it's not completely clean. I mean, we did say poop once. Yeah. Well, that's twice now in this podcast. <laughs> Just in this podcast, you said it twice. So you we know. know how edgy your show is. Yeah. So we may have to to edit. We could we could bleep <laughs> it to make it sound like it's really bad. So is there are there a lot of LDS YouTubers? There oh, yeah. are. I assume it feels like it feels like there are more. Maybe this is just my perception. It feels like there are more LDS YouTubers per capita than not. I just feel like there are a lot of YouTubers. <laughs> I think it has LDS. to do with the the Mormon community. I mean, we grow up in these, um, we go to church for three hours every Sunday. We're asked to get up in front of people and, and, and teach and share our testimonies from the time we're small. We're singing. We're, we're very social people. We're very... Uh, in the community, we're very active. Uh, it, it's just I think it's part of the part of our our community, and it makes people that want to share, you know, with other people, and they're not scared to share with with people on YouTube, etc. Where we invite people to um, this this uh, convention that we do, we invite people who are YouTubers to come be a part of this convention, and we ask people to be on stage, and we've found that a lot of the people that grew up LDS really are comfortable on the stage. Whereas people who, who were, didn't grow up LDS, you know, it's, they're very hesitant. They're comfortable on, on film, but maybe not comfortable in front right. of people because they haven't given sacrament meeting talks right, <laughs> or right. two and a half minute talks. When I don't know if they still call it that in primary. Uh-huh. When I was growing up, it was a two and a half minute talk in primary. So speaking of uh, CVX uh, live, if you could tell us a little bit about, CVX live. It's actually coming up next weekend. So as, yeah, I mean, as we got more involved in the YouTube community in the area, we just, you know, saw that there were a lot of talented people on YouTube, on social media. And we thought, you know, we have done some of these shows just to premiere our videos. Why don't we just do a bigger show with a bunch of our friends, you know, that are also making videos, just do a kid history premiere, except Everybody else is also doing a premiere at the same time. And uh, so many of them are here locally and, you know, that are close enough they can drive or, or flying without a, a, a huge deal. And so we just set up this convention called CVX Live. Uh, family-friendly deal. They can come in, premiere videos, perform on stage, do meet and greets with their fans. You know, j- just a, a fun time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's become a big deal. I mean, there's... 
there's a main stage that has a huge video wall and two big screens and you you have three or four other stages where there's music going on and and panels and then you have a bunch of classrooms where people can learn about how to become content creators and there's booths and and it's just a big fun part just a big learning YouTube experience convention. And, I mean, it's and you, fun. It's, it's a social YouTube, media social convention. media focused. Yeah. Yeah, they also, you know, they'll cover it. We have people coming that are famous on Instagram or Facebook, and there's classes to and people teach that about want that. to be, you know, the, the, people want to come learn how. Yeah, we have classes and industry classes. It's yeah. awesome. And this year, where is it being held? At the, the Salt, Salt Palace. Palace. Which last year it was at UVU, so mm-hmm. you're moving to a bigger venue. I mean, the Salt Palace. That's a that's a really big deal. We so. were trying to figure out how to spend more money on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and what are the dates? August 3rd to 5th. August 3rd through 5th, so next weekend. Right. And actually, uh, John and Brett have been kind enough uh, to do a little giveaway here on the podcast. And so we're going to give away two three-day passes. Those normally would cost $60. Uh, but so the first person to email, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at latterdaylives.com, saying, I want them. The tickets, not the brother's. But can do that also. Uh, but the but the first person to send me an email claiming them will win the two tickets. It's a hundred and twenty dollar value, so it's a it's a big deal. Thank you for for that. Yeah. So and another reason why we them. had the we wanted the venue at the Salt Palace is because it's really close to the airport, and so we've actually already sold tickets to people in thirty five states and ten countries to come to this event. Gosh, this has really turned into something massive. It's exciting. Well, and it's exciting to have it at Salt Palace. You're right next to Temple Square. So you have a lot of non-members coming in for this who will then get a real taste of what downtown Salt Lake has to offer. I know I do, for my regular job, I go to the Outdoor Retailer Show, which was actually this week. Uh, I go up there for that. And the number of people who then in the evening go see Temple Square, visit the temple, and then come back and ask questions about it. It's, it's a great place to have that event. Yeah. How, how many of your, your fans, or I shouldn't say how many, do a lot of your fans know that you're LDS? Does that come up with non-member fans? I, I think, think a lot of do. Lot of do. Y- yeah, I mean, I think the LDS people know somehow. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what percentage would know that because I don't, like I say, I don't think there's anything overtly. Have you had any comments or questions from fans when you've met them or people have asked if you're more? And there've been comments too. Are you guys LDS, you know, in the, in the videos and stuff, but. I think it comes across. I mean, whenever you see something in this day and age, that's that clean and whimsical and fun you know, there's always that question that comes up right away. Oh, I wonder if they're LDS. Right. Because to create something this family friendly and family focused, I can see where. Yeah, we've been open about it, but we haven't uh, created content around that. Like, for example, I have a son who just uh, went into the MTC a couple days ago. On Wednesday. And so yeah. for the last few months on my Instagram account, I've been talking about his preparation for his mission. And this is the last time we ever get to do this with Jace before he leaves for two years. And this is the last time we ever get to do this. In fact, my family's quite annoyed with me about all the <laughs> things that I name as the last time we get to do with Jace. And actually, I think that you had 
a last post because I follow you on Instagram. There was something like, this is the last post I get to do about the last time. I get to <laughs> so it was, it was quite cool. You had a last time with ice cream, even I think last time we get to eat ice cream with Jace. <laughs> so how was it dropping off Jace at the MTC? It was amazing. I mean, he, I, I feel like he's so pumped and excited and ready to go. Um, I expected him to get really teary eyed and, and, and just, you know, that's what I, that's kind of the experience I expected. He was all smiles. He was so pumped and excited. The rest of us were, you know, we were teary eyed and, and, uh, sad, you know, to be parting with him for two years, but he was just so pumped for the experience. It was great. It's awesome. What do your kids think about the whole kid history thing? Are they excited about, yeah, my dad, my dad does kid history or is it, are they kind of over it? <laughs> it, it, I think it's different for different kids. Like my younger, younger kids, I think they just think it's normal that everybody has videos on YouTube. And then the older kids who were around before it happened, you know, will like to sometimes shout out, like, did you know this? And we've, we've talked to them like, you know, that's, that's not something to brag about, you know, that people might not think you're as cool as you think they're going to think. It's probably hard to put it in perspective. I mean, my, my dad's had a hundred million views and yet he's dad. Right. He's just, he's, he's dad every day. And, and I see him all the time out of full disclosure. Uh, I work in the young men's presidency in our ward and get to work with uh, Brett and John's uh, sons, which is a lot of fun. And they are great young men. So I am part of the neighborhood. I'm not one of the brothers. I tried to change my last name to Roberts. I was not allowed. <laughs> and I live down the street. So um, so this has led to some other pretty big things. You know, would you like to tell us about Star Wars with Kid History? How that came about? Yeah. Well, I mean, we we were making our videos and we were, you know, they were we had some viral videos that we were getting contacted by some like TV shows and wanted us to come on and stuff like that. And it, all during this time, um, we, we, well, we got a phone call from, or we got a, some kind of communication from Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm asked us to submit an idea for a video for, you know, may the fourth be with you day or whatever. And so we were pumped about that. And so we submitted an idea for them because they were asking for like a script and we're like, we don't, <laughs> we don't do scripts. Our scripts are little kids, you know, but we, we submitted the concept and we said, we're going to, you know, put up some kids, have them talk about Star Wars and we'll put something funny together. That's all we can tell you, you know, and they came back and they had chosen out of all the people on YouTube, they chose four channels to create videos for, you know, may the fourth be with you day. And we got to fly out to California to the set of the Cantina, Star Wars Cantina set, try on all these authentic costumes. and Yeah, some of the actual masks and things from the original Star Wars we had in our video. How surreal was it being in the Cantina? I mean, after you've seen it, we've, I mean, we're all about the same age. Well, right. to be fair, it was, it was million times. Lucasfilm had put together a cantina that was like an exact replica, I guess. Sure. It wasn't but to be able to look around and see. But the yeah. fact that it was created by Lucasfilm and, right. the, and to be in that set was amazing. We loved it because we're big, we're big Star Wars fans. It's yeah, awesome. It was, it was awesome. It was, <laughs> it was a blast. And we love the video that we ended up putting together. It's very funny. 
it got uh, promoted by YouTube and and Lucasfilm. It was a lot of fun. I noticed after you released it that the the four Lucasfilm videos popped up to the top of my YouTube feed immediately as a as promoted, and it it was excellent. And then, how did it come about that you got to work with Josh Groban? Well, he one day. I mean, he just tweeted. He's like, "Oh, this is my new favorite." funny online video thingy, whatever. Which is, I think is word for word what he said, actually. <laughs> online thingy He actually video. called it a thingy, I think. Yeah. And he, so we just tweeted him back, said, you want to be in one? He's like, yeah, you know? And so we just set it up and... And this was back when Twitter was fairly new. So this whole communication took about six months. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to, we're like, what, what? Josh Groban tweeted us like two months ago. Right. <laughs> how do you keep how do you keep that in 140 characters back and forth? Um so did he come out to Utah? Or where did you film that? We flew out to New York and Richard who films with us his aunt was living out there so we just stayed with them and we actually had him come to their house and film there. It's it's not easy to film in New York. Like everywhere you go, you're supposed to have permits. So they say somebody pull out a camera it's like, "Hey." So we actually filmed both of them in their uh building in the stairwell. Uh, it's a very, very funny video, and Josh Groban comes across as extremely charming. And he's Josh Groban seems to be in Utah quite a bit. He seems, to yeah, be, no, I, I think know he's, he's got, got a Mormon huge following, yeah. Mormon following, but and super nice, like, yeah, genuinely nice dude. Good. He he comes across that way. He seems like a really nice, self-deprecating, just decent guy. Right. So. We're like, we should probably have like something for him to eat like some crackers like what do you what do you have for people like that <laughs> and he's also a guy that produces you know clean content which is another reason why i think mormons love him but we actually created we did two snippets with him one was about pizza and one was about getting into a show his own concert his own yeah. concert <laughs> that's right that's the one that i saw that is really really funny and then you got to work with Lindsay sterling how was that also super kind awesome person she, uh, she's gone nuts. Like she's got to be, she's one huge. Of the I mean, she's touring YouTubers. the world. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. And every time, every time I watch one of the videos, I think, okay, I've kind of seen it all with Lindsay Sterling. Then I watch the video and a minute and a half later, I'm either dancing or crying involuntarily. <laughs> I can't help myself. Like, And these people we've worked with, I mean, for them to, to, to really like our style of video, they kind of, I mean, they have to be somebody who likes clean comedy. And so these people that we've met with, these famous people that we've filmed with, they have been the nicest people. And if we leave there feeling like we're their best friends, like we feel like we're best friends with Josh Groban. We feel like we're best friends with Lindsey Sterling. They're just the nicest people. But it's also the people that come up to us, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience, you know, somebody coming up saying, hey, everybody's respectful and kind, like it attracts people to it who are just kind people, I think. That's got to feel excellent to know that you're touching so many lives. That's got to be a really neat thing. What, uh, going to the, the Mormon track, what, what are your current callings? I'm actually uh, in stake sports and um, I'm a assistant cub master. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool calling. Assistant cub master, you get to have the fun, which is great. John? I'm the Elders Quorum president. Yeah, and I knew that. And actually, the only reason I called you here was to tell you I got my home teaching done this month. So <laughs> Thank you. We're good, since you're my elders quorum president. Um, how is it juggling? I mean, how is it to juggle 
you guys have CVX. You've got all of the board shorts TV stuff that you've got going on. You've got other businesses that you guys do. You're traveling a lot. How do you balance that with family, church, everything else going on in your lives and make sure that you've got balance? Well, family and church take priority, honestly, for us. When, with CVX Live and Board Shorts TV, I mean, we, we recently, we stopped doing Board Shorts TV videos we've, for the last six months or so, just because we've given some other stuff priority. We may start uh, you know, doing some videos again here pretty soon, and we're actually creating some for CVX Live. So we're going to be premiering some videos for the first time in six months or so at, at CVX Live. Yeah, prioritizing is important. You know, it's like board shorts is fun, but we realize that it's a it's a hobby. And so if, if something has to take priority over that, like like being able to have time with our family, then it has to do that. And that's what it's been doing for the last several months, especially with all the time that CVX Live takes. Well, we're excited to see CVX Live take off. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Are there any other future YouTube-related projects that are not kid history or kid snippets or anything that the listeners should be looking out for on YouTube? Well, we've always wanted to do, we have a million ideas of stuff we'd like to do if we had time. We actually have met with you about some pretty funny skits we'd like to do on, on YouTube. It's just a matter of, like you said, of prioritizing thing and things and making videos, making good videos that are, that are funny takes time. See, and hopefully, hopefully we'll all find the time to do it. I travel a ton and you guys are always busy. It's really disappointing, I've got to say, to my YouTube video. My top one has about 225,000 some odd, something like that, views. And that I rank fourth in our ward is really, <laughs> is really depressing. <laughs> in our ward, That's a lot I'm of not, views. <laughs> 230,000, I'm not even in the top three. That's why, <laughs> that's why I've given up on YouTube and I'm going to podcasting. I don't want to brag. This is our second episode, but I do have the number one podcast in our ward wow. so of wow. all the podcasters in our ward john we need to start a podcast no do not start a podcast <laughs> you'll instantly have way more listeners than i will so i'd like to end with this question that i don't prep you guys with beforehand but uh i sprung it last week i'll spring it on you again what are your favorite things about being a member of the church oh man so many things i feel like I don't know what I'm doing as a parent near as much as my kids are awesome. And I feel like the church, the gospel, the, um, the, the teachers, the, the whole, just everything, the, the prayer, the scriptures, it helps me to, make my family great. It helps me to make my kids into great kids and into great contributors to society and to wonderful people. I feel like my kids are wonderful people and it's not because I, I just basically did my best to not screw it up because the stuff that we teach them, that the gospel te tells us to teach them, it helps make them and, and build them into amazing people. And that's to me, the most important thing in my life is my kids and, and making them be awesome, awesome people, good people. Not, I don't care if they're rich. I don't care if I don't, all I care is that they're good people. And I feel like the gospel helps me to make my kids good people. Awesome. John. 
Um, for me, I think there's so many things that I like about the church, you know, the community and the fact that I'm surrounded by amazing, kind people and that my kids are and that those people take their time to teach me, teach my kids. But also, I think that naturally I'm kind of a jerk, you know, and <laughs> I can just... attest. <laughs> And I think I am too, actually. I think we're the Roberts. We're just a couple, we're a couple especially of Especially Brett is. Like, Brett needs this more than me. But the. Uh, just, I like how quickly that went from super sincere to just completely destroying each other. But uh, the gospel and just, you know, the, the focus on love can get you places that being a jerk can't, you know? And I think that the world looks at people who are really strong and, you know, like to cram things down people throat and say, wow, that person is really strong. And that's not what the gospel is about. You know, it's about loving and I need the teachings and the example of the savior to, to help me understand. And I'm a happier person for it. Well, you guys are an inspiration. I mean, all that you've created and I can attest being in your ward, just how active you guys are and what you bring to the ward. It's just awesome. And we appreciate the creativity. We'll be excited to see what comes next. So as a reminder, if you would like uh, two free tickets to CVX Live all three days, again, these are each a $60 value. Uh, we're giving away two tickets. Send an email to Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at latterdaylives.com. Otherwise, go check out CVX Live. It's next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right, right. Uh, up at the Salt Palace. CVX Live. What does CVX stand it's for? It's the Creator Viewer Experience. Oh, so whether you're a creator or a viewer. So if you've got Instagram stars that you'd like to follow, if you've got YouTube stars that you'd like to follow, they're going to be up there. And if and we've people... got Sadie Robertson from Duck Dynasty coming this year as well. Oh, Sadie Robertson from Duck Dynasty. That's a, that's a big one. There are yeah. a lot of viewers for uh, Duck Dynasty. I think a lot of people will be excited about that. We'll close with, uh, other than that, if people uh, want to get into making YouTube videos, your advice for them would be to go to CVX, right? You've got all kinds of seminars and experts they can talk to. Yeah. If you are if you don't know anything about it, we have a boot camp there, you know, where we take you kind of step through step on how to get started and you should just get started. That's the best way to do it. We've talked to people who are like, I want to do it. How do I get started? Just do it. Just start. We've got four stages. The main stage has a, a new performance happening every 30 minutes. Um, my mother-in-law just loves to sit there and watch the main stage. And she doesn't even watch YouTube, but she is just entertained and loved loves it. So that's a, a whole lot of entertainment. They can get a one-day pass or the, the three-day pass. Or a creator pass to, to take these yeah. classes or an industry pass for their business. All the options are on cvxlive.com. Go check it out, and it's it's well worth your time. Well, after more than 100 million views, a kid on a mission, a ton of videos, an entire event that you're all putting on, we'll let you guys go because you're obviously Can really, I change my answer about really what busy. I like the most about the church? <laughs> yes. I like ward basketball. <laughs> See, that's that's you doing your calling. That's how that is. John, you should have said you like home teaching. I like bats. home teaching. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, that's great, guys. Again, we just want to thank you for coming in. We appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen, Brett and John. Roberts. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having us.
And now my Latter-day Life. Earlier this week, I went out to Minneapolis, where I go quite often, uh, but I was really tired when I flew out. I got in pretty late. My flight was delayed by 45 minutes. I landed not necessarily in a great mood, and then I got off the plane, and it was hot and humid and swampy and raining, and I just kind of felt miserable, and it was pretty late at night. And so I called for an Uber and the Uber driver showed up and jumped out of his car and said, hello, my name is Abdulia. I said, hi, hi, Abdulia. And he loaded my bags in and I got in the car and I immediately looked at my phone, which is the international symbol for let's not talk. I'm just going to do other things. And I was reaching for my earbuds and he said, so where are you from? And I said, I'm from Utah. And he said, get out. He got really excited and uh, said, I love Utah. I want to go there one day. And I said, what? Why? And he said, oh, because of Utah State, they have the most amazing agriculture program. And I said, yeah, I, I kind of heard of that. And he started telling me that he was from Somalia and that there had been so many problems in Somalia that uh, he moved his family here and had to start over. But his passion in life is agriculture. And he started telling me about how he's taken all these different jobs in order to be able to support his family. And he is one of the most positive people I've ever met. Then he said, you live in Utah. Are you Mormon? And I said, yes, I am. I'm a very active Mormon. And he said, ah, he said, that's wonderful. I'm a Muslim. And I said, oh, that's great. And he said, well, we have a lot in common. We can both have multiple wives. Well, that was shocking to me. I wasn't sure what to say. Then he started laughing hysterically. <laughs> I'm kidding with you. I know you can't and I can't. It's okay. And he was so funny and so fun and so wonderful. And so we talked and he told me all about his family. I told him all about mine and we shared with each other what our faith means. And at one point he said, you know, he said, sure, we have a few things that make us different as far as how we worship. And he said, oh, but we're all sons of Abraham, right? <laughs> and I thought that was such a cool, positive thing. And and he was such a joy. I eventually put away my phone, my headphones, and just got ensconced in this conversation with my new friend, Abdulia. Once we pulled up to the hotel, I was almost sad to be getting out of the car. And, you know, I should have been the one to drive this conversation. I should have been the one who wanted to share with him. But instead, he did just great missionary work that week. And fortunately, uh, we really had a great conversation. When we got out of the car, Abdulia and I gave each other a hug, not something I normally do with a random Uber driver, but how could we not? Abdulia was my friend at that point, and and I was really grateful for the time that we got to spend together. I enjoyed it so much, I took a picture of us together. I really enjoyed my time with Abdulia. Folks, what opportunities are we taking to really get out there and spread joy, spread the gospel, and spread the love of God? That would be our challenge this week. Our challenge is to get out there and to really make somebody's day a little bit better the way that Abdulia made mine. Folks, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all the support. We had a lot of listeners last week, and it's great. The show is available every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you want to reach me, uh, please send me an email. I can be reached at Sean, that's S-H-A-W-N, at latterdaylives.com. Social media, we are available on Twitter. Uh, it's Latterday underscore Lives. 
You can also find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Latterday Lives Podcast. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out to us. And if you enjoy the show, nothing means more to us than a five-star rating, either on Google Play or on the iTunes Store. And if you would, share it with a friend if you've enjoyed the show. So that's all we got this week. We'll have another great episode next week. Until then, remember... There's a great, big, beautiful world out there. Go be in it, just not of it. <laughs>